I don't know if you uh, have memories of babies when they first start to talk. When they first start to find their voice. When they do more than just kind of coo, although that's a beautiful sound. When they begin to put some words together. And one of the things that I love is when you see that happening and see that they hear their own voice and realize they made that sound. Because at first they don't even recognize their own voice. And when they find their voice, it then becomes something that you sometimes wish they wouldn't have found. There are things about finding our voice that are beautiful, cute, and really annoying. And yet, without our voice, without knowing sign language, if you aren't able to make an audible sound, it's difficult to live. It's difficult to share. This is what's known as Pentecost Sunday. When the Holy Spirit filled the disciples and Peter preached and at least 3,000 came to faith in Christ and it gets celebrated. It's literally the Sunday that the church was formed. Now, I don't even know if it was on a Sunday. But in many ways, the church found its voice on that day. Through a surprising person, Peter. I love that. That encourages me. Somebody who wasn't expected. If you would have asked those who worked with children and then youth, if you would have asked the school teachers, maybe even my parents when I was growing up, this is not where they expected me to be. The most unlikely of them. I preached back at the church where I got saved and where my dad had pastored when I was in high school and where I graduated high school. I went back there to preach for a homecoming. It was a, a fun day. I preached in the morning. My dad preached a, in the afternoon. It was just a neat, fun day. But when they introduced me, the guy who introduced me had been our neighbor. His daughter was my age. We graduated together, had been friends. And as he was sharing, he said, how many of you remember when Dennis was here? And some hands went up and he said, how many of you ever thought he would be back to preach? And not one hand. I mean, it was just heartbreaking. But I didn't raise my hand either. Because at that time, I would never have guessed that my voice would be used to share his word. Because we've been looking at this about loving our church. We've been looking at the foundation verses in John 13, verses 34 and 35, is that we are showing that we are his disciples when we love one another. It's the proof. Well, part of that is finding our voice. Showing his love shines through when we find our voice to give praise, when we find our voice to speak love when we find our voice to speak praises. You see, each of us need to recognize that we've been given a voice. Now, I know some of you are right now going, oh, please don't encourage him, don't encourage her. 
you know, with the voice thing. But let me explain what I mean. It's not just talking to talk. It's not just making noise. It's not just forming words, but finding our voice with which to praise God. Finding our voice from which to share love with others. You have a voice. And because of that, you have a call to use that voice for the glory of God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not just in a verbal way. We um, lived in the Kansas City area for a few years, and the Kansas School for the Deaf was there, and there were a lot of people who were not um, uh, able to hear and therefore not able to speak, but they had the sign language, and it was beautiful to watch and amazing to me because they still use their voice. It's not the sound, it's the voice, it's the intent, it's the heart. You see, you have a voice for a reason. The reason is not to argue. Let me say that one again. You have a voice and the reason is not to argue. It's not to divide or to exalt yourself. The reason you have a voice is to praise God for his grace, his mercy, his salvation, compassion, care, and power. The reason we have been given voices is to speak with others about the love of Christ. The reason we've been given a voice is to speak love, encouragement, forgiveness, and purpose into the lives of others. This is how they will know that you are my disciples, when you love one another. But what happens when the voice doesn't express love? What happens when the voice doesn't point to the Father? The church is not as God intended. Our witness is destroyed and people don't come to faith. So finding our voice is a pretty big deal. I'm going to invite you to turn to what is going to sound like an unusual passage in the New Testament. So on your devices or your Bible that you're holding, turn with me in the New Testament to Luke chapter 17, the gospel of Luke. This is a story about Jesus cleansing and healing the 10 lepers. Now, before we read this passage, just let me uh, clarify. Leprosy was the word given for any external visible skin disease. Um, now, leprosy is more defined in our culture today, but at that time, the word leprosy would have been used for the most severe cases, which is usually what we think of, the ones that could eat the flesh and destroy the body. But it also was even used for some more less disease that might be on the skin. But either way, in the Jewish culture, you were considered unclean if you had leprosy, any of these skin diseases that could be seen. They had to be covered. You had to declare yourself unclean to get, if anybody who was not also leprous came near you or you came near them, and I don't remember what the exact distance was. There was a measurement. If they got within that, you had to yell, unclean, unclean. <laughs> kind of like COVID-19. I mean, that's kind of what's had to happen. Well, no, don't get near me during this time. Only this lasted so much longer 
and the law kept people away. If you thought you were being cleansed or healed from it, you had to go show yourself to a certain priest, uh, almost we would call him today a health officer. It was the one in charge of this and to show that you had been cleansed. And there was a procedure and a ritual to go through for several days before you would be declared clean. So understand that, have that background as you follow along in scripture here. Luke chapter 17, beginning at verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he, that's Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. We need to recognize, and this morning some of you desperately need to know, that God has given each one of us a voice. It does not matter our background. It does not matter our spiritual gifting. It does not matter our training. Each of us has a voice that God desires for us to use. In verses 12 and 13, the lepers first used a voice to get Jesus' attention. Then the one leper came back praising God, using his voice to give praise to God, and he did it in a loud voice so others heard and saw. It actually expressed his faith with his voice. God has given each of us a voice. Sometimes it's evidenced by our words. You say, well, of course it is. Well, understand this. Sometimes it's evidenced by our actions. Sometimes your actions speak so loud I don't hear your words. We have to realize that we have been called to show and to share Christ. And if necessary, use words. We have to know what our voice is intended for. We use words because that's how we express, but we also use our actions because that speaks volumes quite often louder than our words. And if our actions do not back up our words, then our words get ignored. God has given each of us a voice, and sometimes we use it to cry out when we're in pain when we're hurt, when we're lost, when we're confused. That's what happened there in verse 13. As the ten lepers stood at a distance, it says they lifted their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They were probably told by others to be quiet. Don't bother the Master with this. But we've each been given a voice. Jesus listened and their lives were changed as a result. We've been given a voice. 
but the voice is to be used with our words, with our actions, and yet at times as we cry out. We often have to recognize that you're to use your voice to give praises. The one leper, the Samaritan, did that. Verses 15 and 16. It says, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed. Now get this picture. They're on their way to the priest. Jesus didn't say, you're healed. He said, go show yourself to the priest, to the health officer, to the one who could declare you cleansed. And you were not to approach if you weren't cleansed. I've often wondered if while they were going, if they encountered anybody, and if they did, did they out of habit say unclean? You see, they weren't anymore. They stood at a distance. We are called to use our voice to give praise. And I often wonder, when in that journey did the one guy happen to look? And realize, wait a minute, it's not there. Maybe rolled up his sleeves and said, it's not there. Took a look, it's not there. Pulled up, it's not there. And turned, and I'm convinced, ran back to Jesus. Not having to yell unclean. But instead giving praises to the Father. The one who has provided for all of us. See, we're to use our voices to give praises to God. And it is interesting to me that it says in a loud voice. He didn't just whisper it. He didn't wonder what's anybody else think. He was shouting his praises as he came back. Others who saw him may have recognized he was one of the lepers. What's he doing? Have you ever wondered if the other nine even noticed that he left? Now, they were pretty focused. They were headed to the priest. And one thing you can say about them is they were Jews. He was not. So it was ingrained in them that they had to get to the priest at this point where the Samaritan might not have had that ingrained in him. But he turned back to the one who had touched him with his words. See, this doesn't tell us that Jesus laid hands on him as he so often did to heal. He just said, go show yourself to the priest. And in their obedience to his voice, they were cleansed. They could have stood there and went, well, as soon as you take this away, I'll go. Instead, they obediently turned. They were all healed, but one used his voice to let others know. He came back to him. We're to use our voice to give praises to God above all else. And we're to use our voices to give praises to encourage others. We've been called to encourage now, there's a spiritual gift of exhortation or encouragement that some have just a, a special gifting in that way. But that doesn't mean if you don't have that spiritual gift that you don't have to encourage anybody. We've all been called to do that. To use our voice to encourage others. And I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a lot of discouraging voices out there. Everywhere. Not just out there. Sometimes 
in the church. We need to lift our voice in encouragement to others as we also give praise to God. Some of the people you will meet this week have not heard an encouraging word for a long time. You could change their, wor- their world with a kind word. You could change their world with a word of encouragement. You could save their life. Because some are so distraught, they think it's not worth living. And to have someone give them an encouraging word could save their life. Could help them to see it's worth going on. You could be that person. You don't have to be gifted with words. You just encourage. We encourage with our actions. We encourage with our smiles. We encourage by serving as well as with our words. Use your voice to give praise. And how much more should that be as we praise God? To lift our voices to Him. Also, you need to use your voice to share the love of Jesus. To share the love of Jesus. Look at this in verse 19 of this passage. Jesus told him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. He was telling him to go on, which would also mean to continue sharing praises. As you had just done. Go on. Continue. Live this out. Use your voice to show and share. Imagine the testimony this guy had. I mean, first of all, he's in trouble because he's not saying unclean, but he could say, look, I'm not anymore. He had the visible, physical evidence of a changed life. Use your voice to share the love of Jesus with others. It's what our foundation verses for this series in John 13, 34, and 35 tell us to do. We're to love others as we love God, and we're to love others as Christ himself loved us. So use your voice to share the love of Jesus with others, but make sure not just with other followers of Christ. I see too many who seem to only encourage, seem to only show love to others who are like-minded. That's not what we've been called to. We're called to do that, but not only that. If that were true, Jesus couldn't have spoken to the lepers. If that were true, Jesus couldn't have spoken to the thief on the cross or to you and I. Because until... We listen to his voice. We're not like him. To use your voice to share the love of Jesus with others and not just those who think the same. One of the greatest attractions to the Christian life are when those of us who make claim to be followers of Christ reach out to those who don't. Show them love, kindness. Befriend them. Not live like them but show them the love of Jesus. And you see, we are to show the love of Christ as we live our daily life. We're to show the love of Christ at work. We're to show the love of Christ in the grocery store. 
That gets harder and harder with rising prices, I know. We're to show the love of Christ even in traffic. Ooh, that's really hard. We're to show the love of Christ with our neighbors. Sometimes that's easy. Sometimes not so much. But we're to show the love of Christ in our daily living. In fact, your witness about following Christ, your witness about, I go to church, I love my church, will have much more impact if it is seen daily instead of just when you show up here. To live it out in our daily life, in our homes, with those who know us best. We could change our relationships if we would live it out on a daily basis where we are. And who knows? For some of you who sat there and went, Pastor, you don't know about where I work. No, I probably don't. But do you know that you could be the one to begin to change the atmosphere where you work? If you used your voice to show and share his love? And then... We have to be strong to not allow opposition to silence your voice. If you thought through the fact that those lepers who had to stand at a distance, who had to have yelled unclean to even get there, were not supposed to speak to Jesus. Not culturally, they, they weren't supposed to. And instead, it says they lifted, meaning they raised their voices to call out to him. Why? They were desperate. Why? They knew Jesus and knew the reputation of Jesus. They knew Jesus loved them. They knew that Jesus had changed other lives. So I'm going to give it a shot. Why not? Why not pray for the miracle? It's up to God whether it happens or not, but we can ask. We can live it out. We can share it with others. There's opposition <laughs> They were standing at a distance and lifted their voices. Have mercy on us. You see, you have been called to use your voice. I felt like this week that God just hammered this home to me. This was not the message that was intended in this series. It's not the message. It's not even the passage. I think your bulletin has a different text because on Thursday morning, that's the text that I thought I was preaching from and gave to Sue. And Thursday afternoon, after the bulletins were printed, God had changed that, thank goodness. But God was just hammering home to me to find my voice. You say, you're a pastor. You talk all the time. Thank you. I know that. There's a difference between speaking and having a voice. And God is stirring something. Not just in me and some of you. God's up to something around here. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss it. I want to have my voice contribute to that. Not against it. I want to have my voice not be at a distance, <laughs> but be one of the loud choruses for it. See, you've been called to use your voice where you are, 
wherever you are. The question is, have you found your voice? How are you using your voice? And who could you reach this week? Who could you reach out to with your voice to make a difference in their life? By showing, sharing the love of Christ, by encouraging them. In the midst of all this this week, as God was just speaking to me, I wrote a proclamation. It got me thinking about the name of Christ. Because there's just something about his name. There's something about your name. You've given me a voice. You've called me to raise my voice in song, even if I can't sing. You've called me to raise my voice in serving others. You've called me to raise my voice in praise to you. You've called me to raise my voice in touching others with your love. You've called me to raise my voice to bring healing to hurting, brokenhearted people. You've called me to raise my voice in surrender. You've called me to raise my voice in confession. You've called me to raise my voice bringing others to you. You've called me to raise my voice in giving of my time, of my abilities, and my treasures to see others touched by your love. Oh Lord, you've called me to raise my voice in victory. You see, we're on the winning side. Why would we silence our voice? We're on the winning team. Why would we be so meek about it? That leper, when he realized he was cleansed, when he realized his life had been changed, he cried out in a loud voice and gave praises to God. God's called each of us, and he calls us by name. See, the beauty of the gospel is to recognize the difference. Satan knows you by name, but calls you by your sins. He calls you by your past. Jesus knows your sins and knows your past, but he calls you by your name. Because he has called you in. There's an old song that says... There's something about that name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name, Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim that kings and kingdoms will pass away, but there is something about that name. Kingdom, king, kings and kingdoms will pass away, but there is something about that name. We've been called and given a voice to share that name and that love with others. I'm going to ask you to stand. and I'm going to ask those who can sing to help me here. I think maybe we have the words to this chorus I just want us to sing this, recognizing he's given us a voice. Don't worry about 
tune or not tune. It's lifting our voice to him. And that if this morning God is helping you find your voice for surrender, for repentance, for service, for obedience, whatever it is, just shout it out. And let's lift our voices to the only name that can change lives. Let's sing together.